because it's fun. It's fun to do bad things. 24-7 Comedy Radio. I to do horror stuff with my friends. The Green Room is brought to you today by Amazon. Click the Amazon link on SeanTGreen.com to support The Green Room today. And now, live from Silver Lake, California, the host of The Green Room, Shaw. Welcome, everybody, to The Green Room. We're doing it live here on SeanTGreen.com, presented by our good friends over at 247comedy.com. Make sure you uh, check them out, 247comedy.com. They, uh, they got an internet app. They got a, uh, a you know popular channel on the iHeartRadio app. Tons of AM, FM affiliates all over the country. Just got 1,200 AM Boston. Make sure you check them out over there. And, of course, our sponsor, our uh, main man over there, Amazon. Now, how do you... Uh, how do you support us through Amazon? It's pretty easy. You don't go to Amazon.com. That would be foolish. No. Instead, you go to ShantiGreen.com. Click the Amazon link. We get a little taste of that over here at the Green Room. All is well with the world. Speaking of all is well, I'd like to welcome on the man, the myth, the legend, Jake Weissman. Jake, what's up, man? I just, uh, I was just for a second getting super excited that you called me a legend. Yeah. Uh, so that's really exciting. <laughs> uh, I'm doing well. I just I had a root canal today. Oh, really? Yeah. Now, how how you feeling? I feel a lot better because, like, the, the feeling... Have you ever had a root canal? No. And now I'm trying to think in my head exactly... I know I sound like an idiot. Root canal is one of those things, like, everyone's always said it. I didn't it. know what it was until I had it. So no, <laughs> it, just, it just sounds incredibly painful. It sounds insane, right? And in a world of euphemisms, can we not do better than the root canal? Just... It sounds like they're essentially taking the core of you and yes. making it empty, <laughs> which is incredible. Um, but no, it's what's great about a root canal is that you only get a root canal if you're in searing pain, mm-hmm. so it's way better than that. Yeah. But it's like it's weird because it's like this bizarre. It's like they're doing construction in your mouth, and uh, you hear like you hear like buzzing, and you can feel them scraping, but it doesn't hurt. So it's like kind of amazing. Oh, okay. And you're like super numb, and you know that things are happening in your mouth and yes. brain, but you don't have to feel anything. So I'm feeling much better now. But before I couldn't <laughs> eat or anything. So this is like, now, what happened? Was it? Uh... What just like a was it like a, a pain in your tooth that just wouldn't go away? It was a pain. It was I've had um, food poisoning before, but I'd say this is the second worst pain I've ever had in my life. Oh really? Where it like gets over your jaw to the point where you're almost smiling because of how painful it is. Like it's like overwhelmingly painful, and I think it just would be. It's like almost it's a joke. You're like this is ridiculous. This is like near, in my gums, um, and so they call it a dead tooth. Oh. So, like, your tooth is just dead, and, like, your nerve is just, like, constantly, like, ah. and um, I feel like a new man. It really is, like, one of those things, like, a very cheap way to feel appreciation for life. You yes. Know? Like, you're just like, oh, good. I'm not dying anymore. This is No, amazing. I know. Yeah. It, it, yeah, the same. I mean, it could be as simple as a hangover or eating a hot chili pepper. Yeah. You immediately, instead of, like, your life goals of having a successful <laughs> career, of having a great family, owning yeah. and operating yeah. a four-door sedan whatever your goals are it immediately just becomes compacted and you just have this short-term thing of like i just want to not feel this hot pepper anymore oh totally like i was talking to sean perlman who you know and he was saying his mother always said like all you really need is your health you know if you have that you're good and he's like i totally understand but it also made me realize that 
I'm probably nicer now than I was last week, like in general, like to everyone after oh, this Oh, yeah, game. you have to be. So I was thinking that like everyone should get kidnapped at one point in their yes. lives, you know, and like they hold a hostage situation for you when you survive and the rest of your life you'll be so much nicer. I right. think everyone should have no, to do you, that. No, there is yeah. something you need, uh, whatever it is, you need to kind of have things put in perspective, whether it's intense pain or having some sort of illness where there's a chance you could die, so you have to start thinking about your life. It probably won't die, but at least think about your own mortality, and it it helps you put things into perspective in a way that it just it's just so easy to kind of get in this routine of, and you kind of get numb to everything, and to just... Whenever it is, like the pain or a hangover or a disease, whatever it is, when it's gone, it's just like this this burden off yeah. your back and you feel like, I can do anything. Yeah, no, because if things like that don't happen to you and you have no appreciation, you end up finding yourself saying things like, ABC Family is ruining my life. Yeah, no. <laughs> you know? And you're just like, what? Why? Yeah, you lose, you lose all perspective. <laughs> yeah. And it's funny, too, because I know just through stuff I've been through, it's... It's hilarious. Like, as soon as it's over, you're like, I'm going to be a new man. I'm going to change everything. And then it's so funny how you lose that immediately. Yeah. Like, I, I was in a – I talked about this on the podcast, I think, a couple of weeks ago. And, uh, yeah, you know, I was I was complaining. I had this, like, awful flight back from Canada, United. It was this huge layover. And then it, it basically culminated in them giving me a warm beer. And I was just like, <laughs> God wants – God hates me. God hates me. And then right after that, we started experiencing, like, really, really heavy turbulence. And yeah. I was like, God, I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. I didn't mean anything. You know I'm a bullshitter. Yeah. You know that about me because you're God. You get me. You're the only one that gets me. You're God. You understand sarcasm. Am I wrong? Because you're the most powerful being in the world. You have a sense of humor. I don't have to explain comedy to you. I would pay – like 300 bucks to have a video of you actually saying that out loud. (laughs) (laughs) And then I would just hold it over you as blackmail for the rest of your life. I'd be like, no, no. Seriously, Sean's insane. I'm just drinking a warm beer, yelling at God, going, I was being sarcastic. Sean doesn't react well to beer anymore. (laughs) You know what I mean. So now you were uh, were telling me, uh, uh, we're taping this on a Friday evening, and Mm -hmm. uh, right after this you got a... uh, you got a, a big family event plan? My mom is uh, my mom is basically getting married to a man that is not my father, uh, and okay. so we're having dinner as um, like in celebration of that. Oh, um, right. so it'll be my mother, her partner, and the reason why I say partners, I don't think they're getting officially <laughs> married. And also, like I have a gay sister, so there's like tons of partners in my family. Uh, <laughs> like, we're just a huge firm, um, but like it's like. So and also my mother just became like a interfaith minister, so she like hmm. marries people. So it's like all this new age stuff, which is cool and whatever. But uh, interfaith being, she marries people between two different faiths. Like she'll perform yeah. that ceremony. So um, I don't know what else it would be, uh, but uh, uh, but yeah. So they're gonna be married, and his son's gonna be there. And my girlfriend's gonna be there. So it's gonna be like the oddest mix of polite conversation. You exactly. Know? And just like, oh, what do you do? You know? <laughs> yeah, there, there's nothing. Yeah, no one's going to be like busting each other's yeah. chops. There's going to be... That won't be allowed. Everyone's going to yeah. be on their best behavior. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there is, there is something interesting to... Uh, I was just at a wedding myself up in Boston, and yeah, it was also interfaith. There, I guess... Now, it was unclear. I, I know one guy was definitely uh, a rabbi. He introduced himself as a rabbi, and then he joked around. He introduced the other guys like Rabbi so-and-so. He was representing the Christian side. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, he didn't yeah. – he wasn't wearing his priest stuff. Maybe he was a priest. Unclear. Right. I don't know. I don't know. I, like, uh, I was talking about that. I don't know if priests 
do marriages outside of churches? Yeah, I don't either. I think what's happening now is, like, as the world progresses and progresses, you know, a lot of things happen. People are moving away from religion a lot, but also they're, like, their religion is, they're kind of making their own thoughts of what they are, so yeah. who they can marry and the rules. So I think a lot, some people are like, absolutely no, let's have very strict interpretations. But some people are like, we don't want to lose everyone, so let's yes. just satiate people. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, It's like a priest and a rabbi are just hanging out, you yeah. know, even though they completely yeah. oppose oh, the, each other. Yeah. The rabbi was great. <laughs> I mean, rabbis are great just because they love they love cracking wise. They yes. love joking around. <laughs> yes. Man, he was he was hitting some strong. Uh, I mean, you know, strong for the crowd. And like, <laughs> you know, he I was mean, crushing exactly. <laughs> and you think about it, wedding. Or we're both stand up comedians. Wedding is like that's got to be it. Wedding, especially if you are the rabbi, not if you're actually just trying to do stand up, but mm-hmm. wedding. If you're the rabbi at the ceremony, like that is a great crowd. Oh, they are everyone, juiced stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, everyone maybe they had a couple cocktails before. It's just like everyone's in a happy mood. No one wants to let the rabbi's jokes fall flat. It's some <laughs> sort of a, some form of blasphemy. It feels imagine, like. Yeah, imagine someone being like, "These guys' jokes are not funny." <laughs> <laughs> I do not like this guy. This is not my sense of humor. <laughs> well, there was it was uh, now there. She this lady wasn't doing that, but this uh, this woman that was sitting in the wedding. She was providing commentary as the procession was coming down. She was like an older, kind of like a very waspy wedding. It was like in Boston. They clearly had some money. And, uh, you know, it felt like it felt like old money. Like, it was such a uh, – it really was like this old money wedding just because, like, there was a lot of, like, anecdotes about times at boarding school <laughs> and stories about crazy right. things happening on our sailboat. Right, 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 right. I, I, I talked about it last, last week, but – I. The really the nail on the head was that they invited their Sherpa to the wedding, <laughs> who was who came out. And it was unclear. There was a language thing. He actually sat next to me, and um, he kept saying uh, trekking. And I thought this was like some weird Star Trek thing or something. Like that yeah. honestly was my first thing. I didn't even really put two and two together that the guy was N- Nepalese or whatever. And then yeah, it came out that he was the Sherpa of the family when they would do treks, and then somehow they became friends. And he went up. He, he had a great speech. It was it was a great time all around. I am. Um, I actually had a weird experience at a wedding um, about a year ago. My sister, my younger sister, got married. Uh, now the one that's a lesbian, or no, no. no um, the, my younger sister. Like I have two half sisters, and one of those is a lesbian. But oh, okay. um, my younger sister just got married, and up like in Northern California. And so I went up there, and they asked me to do like a little speech about the importance of humor in our lives <laughs> in the middle of the ceremony. So not even the party. Oh, wow. Like, so like, like seven different people gave mini speeches. So I had to give a speech. I was like, okay, it was beautiful wedding. It was like outside. It was kind of hot out. And in the middle of my speech, I'm like doing this whole thing about the importance of humor, trying to make it funny, but sincere in the middle of it, one of the groomsmen passes out. <laughs> he literally passes out in the middle of it, and I didn't realize what was going on at first, so I thought I'd really upset people, because there's, like there's like a weird buzz, like, oh, I don't know, so I'm like, oh, God, what did I do this time? I ruined a wedding, and then, like, there's a big guy, a big guy, because first of all, I was maid of honor. I don't know if I said that before, my, my sister's maid of honor. Well, yeah, and then you give the speech on humor, like, well, first off, I am the maid of honor, so... Obviously, I have a good sense of humor about things. I my life stream. I mean, to be a maid of honor, no one else has ever done that. That is a guy. But anyway, so literally, I just so I didn't really know what to do. So I was like, hey, we're just telling jokes here. Like, I didn't know what to say. And yeah. so then he was carted off or whatever or given smelling salts. And I just had to continue this speech in the middle of a wedding. And it was, I would say, 
the best experience for stand-up ever. You know, I yeah. was like, wow, this is the worst thing that can happen. You yeah. Know? Yeah, it was, it was incredible. That, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, my buddy um, who got married and I, I ended up being the best man. And, uh, yeah, they did the – you know, they did a beach wedding too. It's funny. I, I went to a beach wedding in Catalina Island. Then I also went to one on, like, the coast of Maine. So I was, like, the two farthest points <laughs> in America. I had a beachside wedding. And not really complaining, but it is a – it is a huge pain in the ass yeah. traveling. Oh, God. Um, but they did the – like they had a ceremony. You know, it's like the the thing now is like, hey, we're just people. We're not going to like identify with a religion. So then you're kind of creating your own ceremony. So it's like someone comes up. They do some nice speeches. And then uh, my buddy and his girlfriend, they like to kind of goof on each other. So they did this – kind of like funny ceremony where they take two jars of sand and then put it together Mm -hmm. and then um you know like uh they i think the premise was like hey we're two and we become one right and then like uh hey uh my name is bill and the girl would say it and i do this blah 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 and then it slowly became kind of like a mini roast of their different traits that they do to annoy each other and it is really funny you know, my buddy did a joke about how she thinks cleavage is uh, is appropriate for any situation. <laughs> so it's like we're making jokes about cleavage, and then it's like, all right, shoot over to a letter of Paul from the Corinthians. Like it's it's just this right. free form. It is this weird. And now I don't. I mean, uh, I, yeah, obviously, who am I to say, like, do this, don't do that? It is an interesting thing where, like, we've got to a point where, I don't know, maybe it's just the internet and this global consciousness, but we've had religion and we've had it for so long, and then now it's just, it's kind of like the ultimate narcissist thing to go, you know what, I'm going to do my own thing, yeah. I'm going to create my own religion, yeah. but then in another way, it's, like, on the opposite end of the spectrum, why would you just kind of blindly follow these weird uh you know, axioms or tri- – I don't even know if axiom is the right word there, but it's <laughs> it probably not. Me. It worked for me. Yeah. <laughs> just these weird kind of archaic traditions yeah. that we had set up, that's almost just as silly as coming up with your own wacky traditions. Let me ask you. Do you – do you have you decided if you want to ever get married or not? Yeah. No, I'd like to get married. And, and have do you think you'll have like a religious wedding? Yeah, I think so. Well, I mean – I don't know. It's an interesting question, right? Because, like, you probably grew up somewhat religious, right? Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I went to church um, every Sunday until I went to college for the most part. And then, uh, you know, started going less. Uh, You know, I go sometimes in college. I mean, I go to church when I go home. Sure, sure, sure. And it's weird. Like, I'm torn. Like, I'm not, you know, I'm not super tied up in the logistics of church or the whole like the bible um you know verse for verse but i think like kind of the values the value system's very good and yeah obviously the catholic church i mean you could you could go on for hours and hours about what the catholic church does wrong and is fucked up but then there's also something to like having a family having an identity creating traditions and the idea of just like once a week going to a place where people are actively trying to just do the right thing yeah you reflect and you give thanks and yeah. everything um, well, that I guess being said, we, church is really boring. Yeah, no, it's terrible. Yeah, but you think they'd spice it up a notch. Exactly. Like, they've been given some time. Like, Come on. Put some Let's mixed say, media in there. Exactly. <laughs> a slideshow. Yeah. I feel like a priest would love slideshows. I'm asking for 3D. Like, it's not that big a deal. Um, well, I guess my other question was, beyond wedding, what 
what would you want to do? Like, what do you ideally see your wedding being? Because because when I envision a wedding, I'm not I'm Jewish, but like I honestly think that's mainly just a culture. Like I, I've never from a very young age, I was like I'm not into religion. I told the rabbi that. Like when I had a bar mitzvah, I had like a New York Rangers yarmulke. Like literally, <laughs> that, because she gave it to me. Because she's like, I know you don't care about any of this stuff, so I'm just gonna try Time. to make it easy enough for you. <laughs> So I literally did. I did. Uh, I went uh, and hung out um, in uh, Northern California with our buddy Cornell, who's also Jewish, and I ended up getting a tie dye yarmulke. <laughs> Weirdly, I think Cornell actually identifies pretty heavily as a Jew. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like I think he's like probably more Jewish than I am. Yeah, no, he does. Yeah. I know. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to speak for the guy, but I know he Please does do. some of the. Uh, <laughs> let me weigh in on comedian Cornell Reed and his Judaism. No, I, I know he does some of the. Um, you know, like Seder stuff, I think, and, and celebrate some of the holidays. And I stuff. mean, I think it's cool. I, I think tradition's cool. I just, I guess what I'm wondering is, like, when I think I'm Jewish and I always want to be Jewish, I like it. Like, I like it, but I, I'm not really sure why, because I don't believe in the religious part of it. But right. when I think about, like, a marriage, I don't know if I want to get married yet or not. I think I'd like to at least have a monogamous relationship if I can, but... <laughs> but It's a great thing to pitch to the girlfriend. Listen, I'm open to the idea of trying to if have a monogamous... keep me interested. No, I mean, like, I, you know... Listen, I'm going to try, but... <laughs> um, but I, I wonder, like, what kind of wedding I'd want, because I don't necessarily want it to be religious. So I was thinking, like, it would be really cool to, like, invite a bunch of people over for, like, a party and just be like, hey, actually, we're getting married right now. I think that'd be amazing, because I don't want... Like, the whole tradition of a marriage, it gets so stressful to me. Like, right. do you think you'd want, like, a traditional marriage and stuff? Uh, yeah. Or I wedding, think, Well, I don't know. Yeah, in the same way. Like, I feel like I'm Irish Catholic, and I don't go to church, really. I mean, I go on uh, Christmas. But, yeah, I mean, I grew up going... Like, I have a huge family on both sides and like every wedding i went to was the same way you go to the church hang out there for an hour everyone's kind of bored checking their watches and then you go to the uh you know the cocktail hour you have a lot of cocktails then it's like this big dinner and then you have a big open bar people are dancing around and it's a it's a good time so yeah i would probably i would probably angle for something like that like a traditional you know a traditional marriage yeah just a fun yeah it's interesting no it's interesting because it's like I think, like, kids... It's, yeah, it's because it's basically what I knew, what I grew up with. It's what you think a wedding is. Yeah. Yeah, it's how and, you, yeah. yeah, it's what I think a wedding is. I mean, my parents have been married, and, you know, maybe it's some of the superstition, too. Like, my parents, very traditional marriage, and they've been together a very long time, very successful family. So I think if I was starting a family, I would probably just kind of do, like... I would be inclined to do what they did, just out of, like... Hey, I mean, even on the smallest level of, like, how you do the marriage... It, it's like, yeah, why not go with that? I think it's, yeah, it is interesting. Like, if you have, if you see something that works, why wouldn't you repeat it? You know what I mean? Like, even if it's not necessarily what you believe, it's there's still something way too ingrained in you about it. Like, it's what you know that even if you disagreed with it, but it worked, you'd probably do it. Yeah, and I mean, just d- from doing comedy, you kind of understand the that mental psychology of like preparing for how you can like kind of get in the mindset of like. This is going to work. This is going to be a good show, or this is going to be a good marriage. You know, any kind of on a short term or long term. I remember going to someone's wedding, and it was the same kind of thing. Just like some guy who printed out a certificate on the internet, didn't really have a live band. Uh, you know, just had a guy hanging out, you know, noodling around the guitar, and it, it just got the feeling of 
mm, we don't really give a shit about our right. wedding. And then I think that kind of attitude carries over into mm, we don't really give a shit about That's our marriage. That's a good point. I never thought about it that way. That is interesting. Yeah. I mean, yeah, um, uh, a traditional marriage is a huge pain in the ass. But I think putting that time in to set up the wedding and like all the planning that goes into it, I think that mentally prepares you in some small way to be with this person for That's, the rest of your life. I hadn't life. thought about that. It's a really good point. Yeah, because I, I have friends who are getting married in a few months, and they're so stressed all the time about it, like so, so stressed. In my mind, I'm like, why are you doing this? I'm like, well, because you're building something. Exactly. You, you, you should be stressed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ideally, yeah. you're going to be living with someone for yeah. 50 years. You're going to be creating souls with this yeah. person. You should you should be stressed out about that. Yeah. I mean, I get stressed out you know, doing like a five-minute open mic just because like, I want it to go well. Right. It's some form of stress yeah. you should be stressed out when you get married you would be a sociopath to not be stressed <laughs> it, out it'd be very weird to have someone yeah no i'm pretty sure considering how the world is this is definitely going to work out <laughs> yeah, i'd be no. like you're insane <laughs> especially the odds of marriage i mean that being said plenty of people have traditional marriage or traditional weddings they fail people have traditional marriages they fail people have like these hippy dippy things they work great like there is no real set formula i just think in my small world i would probably go with kind of what i've known i have a feeling that you know especially if you're in comedy but also just being part of this generation or maybe who we are we're probably have heard so many negative stories about marriage like just so many it's overwhelmingly anti-marriage comedy everything we've heard so much of that that i bet that if either of us if and when we get married it'll be like a pleasant surprise how good it is you know what i mean it'll actually actually be good and it's like we've done all this work to be like oh no it's actually fun and nice and you it's good to have someone to support you oh wow thank god yeah right i mean yeah uh it's easy to play that role of just like guy who hates marriage but honestly guys have been getting married for since the beginning of time there must be some inherent positives (laughs) yeah it's probably but it is funny like they're never even discussed discuss the like positive of marriage you never hear a guy that would be a great beer commercial yeah. just guys getting together explaining how awesome marriage is <laughs> we should is. make that sketch yeah, actually, dude, that would, actually that would we really great, should do that that would be a great beer uh, parody like yeah she let me come down here yeah very supporting partner that's amazing same here you know I got laid off work and uh, if it wasn't for my wife's health insurance I don't know what I would have done she even lets me drink this beer <laughs> yeah, exactly I shouldn't say let we're a partnership yeah. no one lets each other you know other what the best about thing? a partnership is mutual support yeah. <laughs> Which is the name of the beer. (laughs) Mutual support. (laughs) Partner ale. Um, Yeah. And the sex? Eh, It's still pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, I'm just really glad to have it. I'm thankful there's even one vagina in my life. Yeah. She's still pretty interested. Wears outfits sometimes. Whatever. Yeah. It's cool. And yeah, I mean, uh, we have a son. You know, I look in... Look in the eyes of a thing I created and, and see my future. Yeah. It's pretty solid. <laughs> Cheers. Like, you don't hear that. And then one of the guys just punches the other guy for yes. no reason. Yeah. Fag. Yeah. Way to ruin way to ruin our fantasy football draft. Yeah, exactly. Now, Jake, you grew up in the uh, – I just know this because you're a Giants fan. Yes. And uh, so you grew up in the New Jersey area? No, I grew up in Westchester, which is oh, okay, essentially so like New yeah. Jersey. It's just it's like just outside of the city, kind of like New, the part. Yeah, it's like of south of upstate New York, right? Or Yeah, it, it's just north of the city. It's like th- anywhere from 20 to 40 minutes outside of the city. Okay. Westchester, yeah. So now you grew up in Westchester. Mm-hmm. Um, now you already talked that your parents aren't together. How old were you when they, uh, when they split up? Actually, I had just graduated college. So oh, wow. I I like so it was like a whole it's like a whole different part of my life to like it's weird it's like actually weird so like they, it was all good it was all fine I mean you know fine Relative. um but then so it's weird 
having like the identity. I sometimes I forget they're divorced. Sometimes I forget I'm the child of divorce. It's more like I'm the adult of divorce. You right? Know? Yeah. You yeah. can't really use child of divorce <laughs> yeah. when you're out. Of, so you're out of college when they got divorced. Right. And I think I definitely have the personality of a divorced child. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I don't. So finally, your parents did you a favor and like we want. Yeah. We want to explain this behavior. This is for the best. <laughs> exactly. Now people won't think you're yeah. bizarre. It's like, why am I so angry all the time? Oh, it's because they were going to get divorced. Uh, yeah. I could t- tell about Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> My parents are together. But I like both of them a lot, and I'm friends oh, with that's, both of them. But, like, growing up, it wasn't, like, a crazy household? No, or? no, no, no. I mean, I don't I don't know if it was the best marriage ever, but it certainly wasn't, like, tumultuous. Yeah, like, I mean, I was, they must yeah. have had a good run if they stayed together for at I least... I think at least 20 years, yeah. Yeah. I and mean, they, that's the thing. It's like, you know, I guess technically on paper, oh... The marriage failed, but really, twenty years—that's that's a pretty good marriage. That's like almost like a life sentence in prison. Like that's <laughs> yeah, like know, pretty exactly. good. There's a lot of time, and like that. So that's that marriage is the equivalent of one murder. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. We did one life sentence. <laughs> yeah. All right. I got out on good behavior. No one. Yeah, and I think I think the reason why it worked a lot of reasons is they both like their kids a lot. Like yeah. I think they're both really good parents. So I think, you know, I think. They probably wanted to make it work, but even if it wasn't perfect, they're both like, well, we'd like to raise these kids while we like them enough to figure it out until at least they're out of the house. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So, all right. Now, growing up, how would you um, how would you describe your – you didn't move around. You stayed in Westchester. Mostly, yeah. I was born in the city and then mostly lived in Westchester from when I was like eight years old. Okay. Now, what kind of – what would your parents do? What My dad um, – well, it's interesting. My dad, when I was born, was pretty broke, and he already had two kids. He wasn't broke. Like – he, there was this family business that he had. Um, now, Westchester, in my mind, that's fairly nice suburbs, right? It, it definitely depends. Um, where I'm from, yes, definitely. I was very fortunate to live there in, in a way, like, but also it's a little snobby, so I kind of fucked with my head a lot because yeah. um, I just couldn't take it emotionally. Um, but um, also Yonkers is the biggest a part of Westchester, and it's not – it's like where Lady Gaga's from. Yeah. But, like, it's actually not a nice – that not oh, very yeah. nice. Like, it's it's very normal, average – in fact, maybe under the poverty line a lot of it. And, like – but a lot of Westchester is pretty nice, good education, very Jewish, and very, mm-hmm. like, a lot of – Nice. You yeah. can say Jewish. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jewish <laughs> they, is code word yeah, for nice. They make you go to college. <laughs> uh, and, like, college was, like – I came from a place that where college – it wasn't, like, will you go to college? It was, like, you're going to go to college, and you're going to graduate, and then we'll talk about what yeah. you wanted to do. Like, that's – you know, it was a – so that's where I'm from. Um, and I, yeah, so I grew up there and it was weird, like a very Jewish, it's like, like Judaism is so implanted in my mind as a culture that when I went to Vanderbilt, which is in Nashville, Tennessee, I didn't realize, like, it was weird there weren't tons of Jews around. I'm like, I thought Judaism was the entire world. You know, I was like, I don't, not even the reason. I was like, no, everyone's a Jew. Like, that's what you do is you just grow up and you're Jewish. Yeah. And, uh, and it's ridiculous to be anything else, you know. And there's a Catholic kid, but he's kind of Jewish anyway, you know. So it was kind of bizarre. It's bizarre, like, to spend most of my life outside of it after I was in it. Yeah, no, because it is, it is weird, kind of, like you were saying, what you get adapted to. Yeah. Whatever, racially, um, yeah, religion uh, yeah just culture wise like yeah i mean uh, when i grew up there was hardly uh where we're from the lehigh valley for the most part uh, when i was growing up there was hardly any asians there right so like you move to los angeles it's like oh my god what there's a lot of asian people there like my yeah. first job working in corporate america uh there was like 10 asian people on yeah. this floor i was yeah. like what's going on yeah, here yeah yeah, yeah. I was it like, is this weird. is crazy. Yeah, and I totally it's you start to understand like how racism continues to persist simply because people geographically hang out with each other. You yeah, know, it's yeah, like yeah. comedians only go to comedian parties for the most part and then that's just, you know, multiplied intensely by 
you know, Catholics or Roman Catholics or whatever, and you're like, oh yeah, people just don't talk to each other. Like, right? In that yeah, state. I mean, it, as my, yeah, it's like it's weird. It, we've really come like I think in a, re- a really far away as far as racism and oh, a lot of yeah. stuff. But yeah, there the idea of like birds of a feather do flock together. So yeah. there's still. It's just basically fear of the unknown. Or, or like, hey, we're used to this. This makes sense. So yeah. other stuff, it, it's an insecurity thing. You're justifying what you're doing is right because of X, Y, or Z trait. Yeah. Like, and I know this because, like, even – because I don't care. I, I like everyone. I don't care about religion, like, in general. But when I do meet a Jew sometimes, like, and I'm not where I think Jews hang out. I don't know where that is. Uh, but, like, <laughs> and, I, and I find that they're Jewish. I'm like, I get it. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm like, listen, man. I get – if anything goes down, get in my car. You know? Yeah. But, like, it's, there's, like, a weird, stupid kinship. It's, it yeah. could even be, like, being a Giants fan. Like, it's, like, you'll find anything. But there is some – although Giants fans would scare me because they're more masculine than me. Uh, I mean, I'm a Giants fan. But, like, like – but you know what I mean. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I know I know what you're getting at. <laughs> yeah. So you're a Jewish guy. Now yes. normally it's interesting, like a Jewish person could be its own archetype in another high school, like, oh, he's the Jewish kid. But right. it sounds like you grew up in an area where they were all Jewish kids, so pretty much. Like yeah. there's probably half, but it seemed like yeah, it. It you seemed know? like yeah. yeah, it's enough to feel like a majority. Yeah. Um, what was your kind of path in high school? Like, were you kind of a nerdish guy? Um, you know, it's interesting. I kind of like... Theater. I actually wasn't in theater. Star quarterback. (laughs) I actually, what's weird, considering (laughs) how you know me... You're surprised that you weren't in theater? No, oh, very. Like, (laughs) considering that, like, yeah, yeah, oh, well, for a lot of reasons, as I'm sure you know, but, like, I... For me, I actually played a lot of sports growing up, which is funny. I mean, we already talked about that. I like sports a lot. I still obviously follow it a lot. Um, I just play. It was naturally a pretty good athlete without having to work for it. Then when you had to work for it, I wasn't very good. Uh, But I would play sports, so I was sort of in the sports like group. So not unpopular. Um, And then my voice didn't drop, and like, and I was just very sensitive. Like I was fairly good at sports, but very sensitive. So I just started getting called a fag all the time. Like, Mm -hmm. and so then I was like good at sports. But, like, what they thought, the gay one that was good at sports, so they weren't <laughs> thrilled with me. Uh, and so I, like, would withdraw a little bit. But I wasn't – I kind of just tried to fade. I was good at adapting to different circumstances because I hung out with cooler kids who were good at sports. But then also, like, people who were, like, weirdos I would try to befriend. And then I kind of just wanted to, like, kind of get through it. Like, kind of wanted to just, like, fade in the background a little because I didn't really feel like I fit – I feel like I'm a pretty weird guy in a lot of ways, but only because my thoughts are weird. And I kind of got along with anyone but kind of didn't identify with them. So I kind of just tried to be quiet. I had, like, a group of seven friends that were kind of cool but not as cool as they wanted to be. Uh, and I just, like, I just want to go So to now, college. like, do you, t- do you talk to people from high school still? Or you, were you? Yeah, sort of. I mean – a few people that I didn't really hang out with in high school, I kind of keep in touch with now. I, when I, because they were the people I wanted to be friends with, like mm. weird sort of artists and stuff like that. But I wasn't really friends with them then. And then I do have this core group of seven guys. I guess I'm one of the seven that I'm still friends with, though. They're kind of like banking, you know, like they're doing banking, yeah. and one of them's like having a one of them just had a child, another one, and I'm so far weird bohemian. And they come see my comments; they're really nice. But they're I know for a fact that when I leave the room, they're like. He really is weird. Like, you know, like, you know, like, it's just like we just are very Well, yeah, different. I know what you mean. That yeah. kind of um, – especially very prevalent in New York. I just spent a t- uh, few nights in the city hanging out, doing shows and stuff like that. My buddy from high school, he is a uh, you know, Wall Street guy and it's, it's just such the guy. Yeah. Like you know, 
Wall Street guy, or uh, and my cousin came out to check out my show. It was really cool. And then his uh, his friend also came out, and uh, it, it's just funny. Like the mindsets so completely different. I think he was also um, some you know like. Uh, retirement management or something yeah. something related to finance and he was just like like he's like tough gig right it's tough right like he's just it's just like it's two totally different worlds where he doesn't he's not processing like you just don't have money like how does that how it's, does that it's a very it's it's interesting sometimes I, I this is a weird um metaphor but like, not metaphor but like comparison but sometimes i i think of like murderers like mass murderers yes and i'm like <laughs> i'm like they're human Right. And so are we. I can't believe we're both human because I could never do that, but we're both technically considered humans. I can't believe we grew up. It's still weird to me that people have different points of view than I do. Like, even in politics, <laughs> I'm like, how could you think that? I'm right because I'm the, a human. Exactly. And so, like, I oh, think. Oh, this drives me crazy. Yeah. Um, I always rant about this, but it drives me crazy. Sean, you just always think you're right. Yeah, no shit, I always think I'm right. Why would I actively have a thought and go, that's wrong, but I know it's wrong? No, how can I outthink my own thoughts? And then it's like, and then if you didn't, like, argue your opinions, you'd be like, Sean, you never stand up for yourself. (laughs) It's like, wouldn't, yeah, of course I believe in my thoughts. How, how do you operate your fucking life? You just, you just take in information and randomly decide on it? Yeah. You have no sort of gut instinct or, Information processing center, no logic core at all. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, it's 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 one of those things where I'm very thankful to have those friends, but more sometimes I think, even though we don't have a ton in common, it's always nice to have a link to the past a lot of the time, unless they were super abusive. Um, but they weren't, so <laughs> it's like you know what I, I I'll. I'll hang out with the new people. But I, I think we don't have necessarily a ton in common. Like I'm the only one doing something a little more like bohemian almost. Yeah, but. We get along. We're all, you know, I've been to their weddings and it's great. But I, I don't know how much they're, like, I just don't know anything about banking. Like, I yeah. have literally nothing to say about it beyond, I hope you're just not breaking the law. You know, like, yeah. that's, and then I'm like, but if you are, I don't care. You know? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. yeah. It's just a white collar crime. Yeah, You'll be all right. Cares, yeah. That's the crazy part. These, I mean, you read about these corporations that are, uh, you know, they're washing HSBC or uh, this bank in London, these like mega banks, and they just, Eh, we'll just take in money from terrorist groups and just wash the money. How is that? It is so weird to me, man. Like I, I love how you like drop your voice. Like bankers are checking out this podcast. <laughs> I'm like Sean. Don't fuck with. Bankers. We're under the. We just missed under the radar. The. No, uh, I would get stoned and watch the Bernie Madoff affair <laughs> on Frontline almost every day for like two weeks. And I made my girlfriend watch with me, and she's like, "This is amazing." And it, what's so incredible is like this guy billions of dollars where I feel guilty if I if I made fun of you like as a joke right mm-hmm. now whereas we've done that before and it's fine I would feel guilty about it after and that's just teasing you when I'm allowed to this yeah. guy stole a billion dollars and he just doesn't feel anything he's like cold sociopathic he's a con man like I don't understand that type of life where you can just move units and make millions of dollars like a different yeah, do you, kind of but do you and do you like I know you don't feel any compassion and you don't feel any sympathy but then how do you enjoy any of that like to me the whole point of being sad is that it kind of – it fills out your spectrum. Like, okay, I feel really sad in a way that's almost good because you can like feel that you have some sort of register and then it, it makes you appreciate when you're really happy and stuff's going really well. But if you're just that kind of turned off – are you what satisfaction are you getting out of making all this money? It's just like I think I think 
part of it is I think you probably start and just like got to just put my head down, work for it, and then you get there and you kind of don't know how to get out of it, and then you've lived you're yeah, living a I certain lifestyle. Yeah, I mean, especially lifestyle. with Bernie Madoff, yeah. like there was no. There was no just saying, hey, everything is a sham. It's not like you cheated on your taxes one time or a couple times or stole some money and you could put it back. Or There was like – You're fucked. You're like, just at a certain way point, you're totally deep. fucked. Yeah, and you don't want to go to jail and your wife lives a certain way and your kids live a certain way. So you're screwed. But I do find it insane and I think – it's like you know American Psycho where those guys just don't feel anything. They yeah. just like, like care about their business cards more than they do like other people's lives. You know, It's like very – it's very – but that's, that's why it's – it's good to struggle. Like, even though this time I feel like in our lives is probably really scary in some yeah. ways, it's also probably, if we ever do succeed, excellent. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, yeah everything like that uh, builds character and uh, all that kind of horse shit, hard yeah. work, yeah, determination, yeah, yeah, yeah. positive yeah, thinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> God. Right. That's the only, that's one of the things that annoy me about LA is like, any conversation you have with a person, ten minutes in, you're getting a mantra. You're yeah, getting, yeah, yeah. you're getting basically their theory on life, how to succeed, yeah. regardless of whether they've ever had any sort of yeah. success. They've got an angle. They've got. That's a, really really funny. Actually, have like, you talked about that on stage? That's no, hilarious. no, no. But it's just like within five minutes, you're getting their shtick, where they came from, why they are a dancer, yeah. what's going to happen when they make it in dancing, yeah. uh, who their influences are, what they think about dance, like. Everyone it, – it's almost just like everyone has like a prepackaged bio ready to go and just showcase. Yeah. It's it's almost like their human defense shield. Like I, I noticed like my G-Chat conversations, which should be, hey, man, check out this video, LOL. They're like, how are you? Not so good? You need to stay positive. Like that's what that's what the – it's like I'm G-chat. so annoyed yeah. that people tell me to stay positive. That, <laughs> that really annoys me. I've been really positive for points of my life and it's not worked out. All it does is make it that much worse when it comes. Crashing it makes down. me look crazier. Yes, yeah, yeah. it does. <laughs> when I see people that are just – they're delusional. Yeah, That's yeah. not – to me, I mean especially with comedy – being a cynic and being realistic and seeing things for what they are, that's part of the gig. I'm not going to just blindly just think everything's going to work out. Mm-hmm. Ah, like mm-hmm. I don't have that gene in my head. I mean I guess I do to some de- small degree in the back of my head because I'm not going anywhere. I'm not giving up. Yeah. So there must be some sort of determination and optimism you know, built into my core. But yeah, I don't <laughs> – the guys who are just constantly – in that mode, I think that's just the it's the difference between the East Coast and the West Coast. The the West Coast is like, hey, everything's gonna be okay. East Coast is like, we're totally fucked. We gotta squirrel, we gotta squirrel away some nuts for the winter. L.A. is like, hey, who cares about winter? We're still gonna be fine. Everything's okay. Live for the moment. New York's like, the world is coming to an end. I need to make as much fucking money as I can right now. Fucking go out, get that money, get that paper, put yeah. it away. Yeah. Get your kids' private school taken care of. <laughs> yeah. You want to go into school with some Puerto Ricans? No, you go out there, you hustle. <laughs> Dude, that's why I feel like on the West Coast they smoke pot, in New York they do heroin. You yeah. Because it's just like so much more drastic over there. Like people just fade into obscurity here, but over there they're like, I'm gonna have a heroin addiction because life is awful. <laughs> Yes, exactly. Yeah. 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 But, uh, yeah, uh, L.A., things get a little fuzzy. New yeah. York is like, lights out. Yeah, in L.A., you just end up driving a cab when you're 45. And you're like, I don't know how I got here, but, but I'm just going to smoke too much weed to care. It's its own form of heroin, smoking weed in L.A., because it's so easy to just – the lifestyle in L.A. is really nice. So you can have 
You know, you got a girlfriend who looks pretty hot because she came from some other town. It was yeah. probably pretty hot. Yeah. Uh, you know, you got the medical marijuana. You can find a pretty decent place yeah. and send, not spend a lot of money. Yeah. You know what I mean? The weather's pretty warm. Lifestyle's pretty laid back. Like, you can't – it's its own form of heroin of just, like – Getting by in L.A. is very pleasurable. It's almost like a cult. Yeah. Yeah, it's really great. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's probably bad for you, but it's like, hey, I don't even want to think anymore. Yeah, so I'm like, all right, I'm in, yeah. Yeah, you got to have some, you know, some form of... some form of happiness or yes. feel a little good. <laughs> That's actually why I, because I, I think New York is incredible. And like being from New York, it's weird not being there because you'll, you'll, when you go back, you're like, oh, you're not, you don't live in New York. How could you? But you're from here. You get it. Like yeah. it's the place. And I'm like, yeah, but I really want to be happy. Like I really like, and not that you can't be happy there, but I almost feel like it's like, it's like a military training ground for interesting people. Interesting isn't always good. Like I'd rather be less interesting and dumber and happier almost, you know, like I'd rather be like fat and happy sometimes. I think that's the yeah. decision I And made. New York is intense, man. It's especially the city. Like I love visiting the city, but every time I go there, it just kicks my ass. Oh yeah. yeah. You know, for a guy who likes drinking, bars are open until 3 a.m. You don't have to worry about getting oh, – you can just take a subway. And then you got all this, like, rich food. You got just pizza every two doors. Yeah. There's just yeah. – it's just overwhelming. Yeah. And there's just garbage everywhere and just humans everywhere. It's just like it, – it's too oh, intense. It's too yeah, it's too much for me. I'm just not – yeah, no, totally. I mean, that being said, if anyone from New York – Comedy wants to hire me to write on something or whatever. Hire I'm Sean, not going to yeah. complain. <laughs> I mean, I'll complain on stage in right. a funny sort of way, right. or you know, write some riffs or whatever. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, I could I could adjust to it if an opportunity came. But no, I, I could too. I just I like how little they respect actual life out here. <laughs> <laughs> They're just like, do don't do anything really that important. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's like, hey man, everyone's in a way. Everyone in LA is kind of on. As much as there is like, oh, this guy's super successful, this guy's not, at the end of the day, it's all kind of living the same sort of lifestyle. It's like being like, a Grateful Dead fan. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's, there's some guys going to the Grateful Dead who, yeah, maybe they make a little bit more money, but at the end of the day, everyone's there to see the Grateful Dead. Yeah. No Share one's a gonna, joint. Yeah. No one's going to step on anyone's toes. Yeah. We're all going to have a good night's sleep. Yeah. And that's kind of, yeah, that's what sells people on, on coming out to Los Angeles. Now, Jake, what what uh, what was the move that brought you out to Los Angeles? Um, I when I graduated school, I, I I majored in English, but at the end of school, I took um, some filmmaking classes, and I liked I, I like had a docu a very short cheesy documentary that was in the Nashville Film Festival. When I was like, well, I'm gonna make movies. That's what I'm gonna do. So I like, moved out here and started working in different movies on, as a PA, all sorts of different jobs, like a million different jobs. Um, and then I was like, wow, making movies is really hard. Uh, <laughs> um, and, like, you know, when you're a PA for 16 hours a day and you're just eating because you're unhappy, you're just gaining weight and losing <laughs> and not writing enough because you have no time. Yeah. And then you just get sad and you get unmotivated. And so then I just did that for – I kicked around that, like, different worlds in, in film and TV for a long time. And then I just started doing comedy about – four or five years into moving here. Oh, okay. Um, but I came out here totally to make films, and now I have literally no interest in making anything. Like, I, I would like to act and write in them or pro- yeah. you know, whatever, but no interest in putting together a film ever again. Just realizing, like, how much work it takes and how hard it is and how little respected people are. It's like, I can't do that. Yeah, I can't. Yeah, no. I mean, film is intense. Like, I don't think uh, people realize... They they say it's hard work, but I don't think people understand that the hard work isn't necessarily the physical labor of it. It's like you said, the sixteen hour days. Oh. It's an intense mind fuck. Like yeah, you're not 
you're not exhausted physically. I mean, you can get exhausted physically, obviously, if you're working production like that. But just to be thinking about one thing for 16 hours and to kind of lock your brain in that mode is exhausting. And not only that, it's, there's a few things to it, which is that if you're a director, like, the decisions you're making last forever. You yes. know what I mean? Like, film lasts forever. So there's that. And also, a lot of people might be shocked or people who know out here know but like directors are often assholes but they have to be they have yes. to be because it's a fucking psycho like they're doing the coolest job ever like it's like they're all machiavelli and it's amazing like or whatever machiavelli they're, they're just like having an unbelievable job and none of them are happy because you have to control hundreds of people yeah, they're and be, a dictator and, and it's like you got to make time otherwise thousands of dollars get spent every day if you fuck up so it's like a crazy crazy like you're not even ha- you couldn't even be happy because i don't want to boss that many people around i like comedy because i could be my own boss eventually yeah comedy is the one-man band and that's what's great about it yeah but yeah directing yeah you don't understand like and the the crazy thing about film and why i like stand-up or even the podcast or or whatever like radio anything like that like the it's so much more immediate absolutely you you tell a joke now oh hey i get a laugh or i don't obviously jake's gonna laugh he's on my podcast but the point is (laughs) He's not gonna. He's not gonna phone it. No, but that's. But like, you're sitting there, and then even if a scene is funny, you say the same joke 16 times, and then take a two minute break in between each time you say that. It's not gonna be funny. I don't. Yeah. I don't. I. That's why I'm not a good actor, and that's why I don't see myself in film. Like, I can't. I mean, I can repeat stories and stuff like that, but I just can't repeat the same thing over and over again and bring any sort of creative energy to it. It's almost sociopathic if you think yes. about it. It's like, here's my deep emotion 15 times in a row the same way. No, I I think what I like about comedy, that's the reason I started comedy. I didn't start comedy because I thought I was very funny. I just was like, well, I'm having trouble continuing to write because even if you write something, it could take a year before anyone sees it and then yeah. you just skim the first five pages and be like, this is terrible. And you're like, I'm going to blow my brains out. <laughs> this is the worst thing ever. Whereas with comedy, I wasn't doing it. I was like, I'll do this for a few months to kickstart me writing again. And and then I realized how immediate the feedback was and that was the hook. I was like, oh, I guess I better learn what a joke is because this is incredibly fun. Like yeah. this is just te- – like even if you get one laugh, you're like, oh, I wrote something today. I accomplished a shitload. I can watch TV and jerk off now. Yes. This is amazing. Yeah, you yeah. can feel – and now I don't know if uh, – I don't know if it's a guy thing more so than a woman thing. I mean I'm sure women have that same drive. But for a guy especially, like <clears throat> you feel tied to your work. Like, your self-value is really uh, caught up in your work. Like, for a guy, it's tough to feel good about yourself if you're not working. You know what I mean? Like, and Absolutely. It, in that same way of at least, hey, you go out, you do an open mic, you, at the end of the day, you put your time in, you, can, you feel like you did something at night. You can, you, like you said, you can relax. Like, you can feel like, okay, I put it out there. I did some work. Yeah, it's almost like – that's why, like, if I ever married – for money, I know it wouldn't work because I would still feel terrible. Like, like yeah. unless I oh, had yeah. accomplished what I was doing, I would still want to work my job until I made a life for myself. Like, I wouldn't. It, that's not. That's not the mission for me. Like to to get money from anything other than something I'm doing. You yes. Know? Yeah. Yeah. No. And th- that's the thing. That's how you kind of get self worth. I mean, I'm saying guys especially because I think women can, and a lot of times do, as being the more nurturing ones, can find it. You know that solace or find that self worth in creating a family, raising their kids, and obviously you have that as a as a father and stuff. But I think guys, there is still that you're the breadwinner, you're the guy, you're the guy who's kind of got to do it at the end of the day. And it's I interesting, think, yeah. I I think it's just I think to some degree that's kind of in our genetics of as much as we are like you know an equal partner society. 
uh, you know, yada, 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 that whole shit. The, the idea, you're still, I think the guy still feels compelled to be the provider in some way. One of the, one of the interesting things that happened in, my, in the relationship I'm in now is that I think that I'm, I'm pretty liberal, especially socially. I just don't know a ton about fiscal stuff, so I'm like, I don't really know what I'm talking about there. Yeah. But, like, socially I'm pretty liberal, and, and that means, like, to me feminism is just women can do whatever they want. You know, there's no whatever. But it's interesting. What I found is that my girlfriend and I both enjoy certain gender roles. Like, I don't yes. know whether it's a biological instinct or whatever it is. I don't know if it's because we've been raised a certain way. But, like, I feel like I'm pretty open-minded. I accept any gender roles that people want. But, like, I kind of like paying for dinner. Like, I actually mm-hmm. really like that feeling. Like, it's a very fun feeling. And I, 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 maybe I'm not supposed to in, like, a weird sort of political correctness world. But I actually really love those things. And I like driving. And I like, yeah. I like those kind of – I like figuring out Google Maps – yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, you don't get as much credit for navigating yeah, exactly. these days. No. Yeah, because I'm actually terrible. No, no, I, I, yeah. I could not agree more. Like when I uh, – well, I can't drive, but that's for another reason. Um, <laughs> like when I change the brake lights on my girlfriend's car, it's like, yeah, yeah. come back in. Yeah. Hey, I'm you the man. I did it. the thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then when she you know, makes a salad or you know, she's vegetarian, so whatever kind of stuff she makes um, – you know, it's like, oh, hey, this is a good meal, nice work, and I'm, and I'm, I know that makes her feel good. Like there is, I, and I don't, I don't know why. I mean, I guess it's the same way with like the unions. You know, the unions had to come in because the workers were so downtrodden and so taken advantage of, and then the unions kind of got out of control. Like the same way Bethlehem Steel, the reason. We're not making steel anymore. A part of it was that the unions became so powerful and took so many benefits that the balance was thrown off and they couldn't remain competitive in the marketplace. Anytime there's been an injustice, it bounces way, way far. It's like a rubber band and then yeah. it comes back. I don't know if rubber band's correct, but you know, like like it comes and then it comes, it middles out a little bit, which I think it's necessary for men and women because women have been treated like shit. Um, but I, I do think it, it, it's almost like it would be nice for everyone to get to a point of personal security that they could just let people do what they want and i think actually it would balance out a decent amount how it is now you know which is less restrictions right yeah Yeah, i think i think having kind of some traditional gender roles is you know creates a good balance and mother nature created a guy and a man to make a kid for some sort of reason like the and there is Something that a guy. Oh, you just said a guy and a man, (laughs) (laughs) which was incredible. You were the most left person ever. Hey, like I said, God created Adam and Steve, not Adam and Eve. It's a T-shirt I'm working on, trying to sell the Jersey Shore, not really taking off. Yeah, Yeah, just two guys get together. Who needs chicks, man? Let's just make some babies. But I, I think there is something to having. A- no, sure, it's just it's just people complain, and you know, rightfully so, in a lot of ways about just restrictions. It's just like, don't tell me what I can't do; just let me do what I want to do. And right, you're right. I think out. people kind of naturally gravitate to yeah. that, yeah. to those things, because it's something that, yeah, I kind of like doing this or or that, and it, it kind of falls in line with the traditional things. But yeah, it feels like if I came home and said, "Make me my dinner." Then, th- it then feels, it's like, yeah, wouldn't you just feel guilty? Yeah. I don't know. I would just feel really bad. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I would. Feel all right. If I was making a ton of, <laughs> no, honestly, making a ton if of I was money. making a ton of money, I'd get a little more boss. Well, no, gotta be honest. And I suppose, I suppose, 
bringing no money into the equation. I know, I, I know, I'm losing some leverage. You're so. a feminist until you make a ton of money. Yeah, yeah, until I make a ton of money, then it's just a numbers thing. Now this is the only way I can get women is to be a feminist. No, yeah. um, no, I I agree with you because I also think if you split up the relationship to be like, listen. I'm taking care of the physical part of it. If you're taking care of the house, like, we have this agreement. You have to make a house work. So, yeah. sure, I understand and, that. And I don't yeah. think that's being – yeah, I don't even think that's being pejorative. I think raising – It's a partnership. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah no, no, raising yeah. kids or, you know, raising well, like, put together kids and, like, keeping a house together. I, yeah, I mean, that's just as hard as, like, going out and making money. And to – act like a homemaker isn't a good job or raising you know what i mean but i think women felt like that like you said the restriction like they felt like oh this is my only option i have to do this and for a while it was like that no sure and i mean there's a million you know obviously women have gotten you know fucked over in a lot of different ways but yeah i I do think it's moving forward pretty well obviously there's plenty of places to go people still have their clitorises cut off in africa so you know we've got got yeah we got we got a lot of work in africa Even the men are getting their clitoris. <laughs> it's really They're terrible all backwards there. back there. Yeah, that's weird. I think the, I think the AIDS thing. That's kind of the first thing we need to introduce to them. Yeah. They were saying actually. Um, I read this. This is. I, I don't know. Now this is an interesting thing because they're in Africa. They're so gung ho about female circumcision, but very opposed to. Uh, I guess a lot of them over there don't. Don't get um, the guys don't get circumcised. Oh yeah, isn't that bizarre? Like uh, well, they think it's like every part of a man is amazing. It's like have you no, not yeah, necessarily. Exactly. Some it, I'm, not, look I'm not weird. that attached to my foreskin. Yeah, yeah. Mainly because uh, I don't have any. But yeah. even the idea of it originally, <laughs> yeah. I wasn't that attached to it. But supposedly, uh, not having your foreskin um, really or being circumcised really helps in not transmitting HIV. Yeah. Yeah, and I guess for whatever reason, like the blood can kind of keep in the mm-hmm. foreskin and mm-hmm. helps transmit the virus. That's why no Jew has ever gotten HIV. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Magic Johnson, not a Jew. No. Uh, okay. Well, converted later, <laughs> <laughs> and that's why he doesn't have it anymore. <laughs> That'd be so funny. He's like, no, you just had to convert to Judaism. That's how you get rid of HIV. Um, <laughs> that's that's so. Gr- I mean. You want to talk about uh, guys and kind of being the king of the household? Now, listen, if, you know, I don't know your relationship, but your girlfriend, if she knew that you cheated on her, obviously you'd be pretty upset. might be tough to salvage the relationship. Mm-hmm. But imagine being at a point where, hey, I got AIDS. <laughs> We're still a family, right? And and his wife stayed with him yeah. and he beat AIDS? I have no – I mean, it, it. you'd honestly – the only way to do that is to win three NBA championships. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's like, no, I'm a really cool guy. <laughs> yeah, <it's> like, <laughs> I have Bono and Speed Dial, yeah. so you probably want to hang out. You are Showtime, so <laughs> – yeah, It's like, oh, yeah, no. And, and honestly, that's how good you should have to be to get – like, otherwise, no excuses. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> No, right. That's what I'm saying. There is – it's the same way in sports. Like uh, Chad Johnson got cut from the Miami Dolphins because he had this incident, domestic uh, violence incident with his wife. There was some headbutting, whatever. They cut him. Also, they cut him because he's not that great of a receiver. Yeah. You're Ben Roethlisberger. Two women different uh, – two different women accuse you of uh, rape. Uh, one with a lot of evidence, eh, four game suspension. <laughs> it's, that is it really bizarre. I guess he won I, two Super Bowls. What I always wonder about Roethlisberger is like, dude, you are a quarterback in the National Football League. You're a multi millionaire. You've won Super Bowls. 
let the women come to you, man. Yeah, I'm no. sure you could find one every night. I'm sure you could find 20 at, every night. He was at a college bar. I feel like I could do pretty good at a yeah. college bar. With a Being credit. a comic. Yeah, yeah. just having $30. <laughs> yeah, it's like what – like, and, and not to take away from what he did because I think what he did is atrocious. I mean I wasn't there, but I'm pretty sure he did it. Uh, it's like – I just don't understand that at all. Like, like you could hot, you could pay someone to have sex yes. with you. What are you doing? No, right. In the you same are, way, what a monster. In like, the same way, the the um, the same way that the murder stuff or anything. To me, part of the enjoyment of having sex is that the girl is really into it and trying. Absolutely, like that's the thing. It's like for me, I'm very insecure. So, like, if I'm gonna hook up with someone, they're gonna make very sure that I know. They're gonna have to basically <laughs> put my hand on their face. You know what yeah. I mean? And then I'll be like, I think you're my sister. You know, like, and then they're like, No, no, Jake, come on, this is sexual. I'm like, Oh, great, that's what I want. Yeah, it to they be. have to be very overt. Otherwise, it's just not. And it's like because I just need to be. I'm just so like that that Louis C.K. joke where he's talking about like he was once in D.C. and like he was hooking up with. A, with like a waitress and uh and <laughs> sorry i'm gonna repeat his joke but anyway um right. i like, won't laugh so <laughs> i like, don't want to give you false credit for repeating his joke no he was just like he's like um you know and she was being resistant like to taking off her clothes so i didn't do anything the next night i saw her and she's like how come you didn't make a move like how come we didn't have sex and he goes you didn't want me to i was trying to get, she's like no no no. that's the fun part <laughs> i'm supposed to resist you when you go he's like so i'm just supposed to rape you on the off chance that it's okay <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like the funniest joke well ever. yeah i mean there is a little bit of uh oh so louis ck's rape jokes are funny <laughs> no uh i mean see that's uh, i actually we'll no that's a whole, that whole lot yeah thing. no but i i don't i think there should be complete free speech all the time that's yeah, yeah, my yeah. general feeling is obvious right i mean the thing is like if you take out context tone of voice then why were you even trying to do comedy? I mean, that's exactly, yeah. But yeah, you're, you're basically, we're talking about the idea that part of what's enjoyable is that the woman wants to please you and like, yes. oh, okay, that's really cool. There is, there is this weird gray area where a lot of girls no means kind of yes, and sure. there's a little cat and mouse, sure. and women do kind of, you know, in the bedroom kind of like to be, they're like the guy in charge. Sure, sure, so sure, sure. there sure. is kind of a fine line there. It's it's a really weird. But I mean, line. I'm not I'm not using that as. I mean, I think they released the uh, audio tape of Ben Roethlisberger's accuser. Like, go. She like immediately flagged down a police officer and um, you know reported it, and then went in and like gave this audio tape and sounded really shook up. Like it sounded like I think he's a monster. Yeah, yeah I think he sounds like, like a real really piece of terrible shit. person. <laughs> Meanwhile, now Michael Vick. I always like to bring up Michael Vick. I never understood that one, man. He I, was really I, wrong, but. What it was was, you know, to me, my, you know, my wife, girlfriend, whatever, and then the pet. Like, the pet is... Dude, yeah. I mean, like, of course I'm into animal rights. Like, I love cats, and, I, you know, of course I worked at an animal show, but, like raping a person yeah, four games instead of two years in prison how could you not go to jail for right. raping a human being yeah, i mean ray lewis murdered someone. murdered a guy <laughs> yeah, like, i don't hold no, my act like in order what, he's be... some he's some ecstasy dealer in miami he's not a human he's, I, he's an animal yeah no no of course we did this wrong um you should not but then it's like well he's wrong but also the way that mcdonald's kills animals could also be considered yes. wrong and it's like are you are you fucking kidding me? Like, yeah, it's uh, just like yeah. what Mike Vick did was wrong. But, but let's put society, it in perspective. Yeah. And then you know, uh, you got uh, well, Kevin Cobb is out hunting uh, boars with a knife. He, he'd hunt yeah. boars with just a knife and just stab boars. Um, yeah, you know, Brett we're, Favre we're, shooting a deer with a crossbow. Yeah, you, 
every time, like every six months, there's a video of like PETA going undercover where McDonald's makes their uh, meat, and it's like guys lifting up. Uh, I'm laughing because it's it's kind of funny, but it's horrible. They're like lifting up, uh, you know, like cows on forklifts and like you know oh, pushing yeah, them around, exactly, and, like, just putting things in torture disposals. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, exactly. Like we're in a society that views human life the highest. So if you if you are making that like if you are consenting to that, that human life is the most important. We already think that animals are under us, so yeah. we have to respect humans first. That's the, cons- the like that's how that's consensual between all of us right. that humans are the most important. Well, and then and what happens is people get attached to the animals because they've never been abused by an animal. There's never been a shitty, sure, a shitty non-existent dad mm-hmm. animal. You know what I mean? Like it's. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, people, yeah. as much as we say we value human life, we also resent it much more sure. than animals' life. Like, sure. there's – the people that are really into animals in kind of a creepy way are a lot of times either victims of some sort of abuse or whatever because they're trying yeah. to replace that love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they look like, okay, uh, hey, I'm really in – you know, I had some weird boundary issues sexually, so I was, you know, molested by my uncle or whatever. Now I'm really into cats yeah. and animals. It yeah. feels it's safe. It's usually cats, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. usually cats. <laughs> they feel safe. They yeah. pet the cat. You know, it's, it's a form of replacement. So I think that's why people get so emotional when you hear about the dogs because yeah. it's like the dogs – the dogs weren't – Never at your little league game. You know what I mean? Like it's only positive from pets. I firmly believe that Roethlisberger deserved way more time in prison than Michael Vick. That's yeah, so or he crazy d- to me. Deserved some time in prison. Yeah, like no four games. You get to have a vacation. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's what you get to do. Yeah. All right. Well, it's uh, it's time to wrap things up. We got a vacation coming up. Three day weekend. Good mm-hmm. times. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Thanks for Jake. having me. Really it was appreciate really fun. it. Uh, Feel free to throw out any uh, plugs or anything oh, you got going on. I have a sketch group called Women, and you can find us at womencomedy.com. And most sketches are under a minute, so if you have ADD, it's really good for yeah, that. Yeah, great idea. And uh, the, the sketches are funny. And, yeah, I mean, if you're, if you're doing comedy sketches out there these days, guys, you've got to realize two, three minutes at most. Oh, it, yeah, because every, it, with the Internet, you get everything so quickly that get to the joke immediately. Otherwise, no one's going to watch, I don't think. The attention span has gotten very short. Well, thank you guys for tuning into the podcast. We do it live here every week on SeanTGreen.com. This has been The Green Room. Log on to SeanTGreen.com to access archive episodes and follow the show on Twitter at Green Room Show. Also check out DocumentaryLabel.com. Buddy's seen her walk by in them tight jeans and he looked at her like that's my queen.